Yearly, thousands of Nigerians through illegal borders or with the help of agents travel outside the country in search of greener pastures. The hope of finding a better life abroad pushes vulnerable youths into the hands of human traffickers and smugglers who place profit before human life. So I was like, since it's um, Katsuleshe, there is nothing big in Katsuleshe. But when I got there, <laughs> it was fire. Oju, Katsuleshe law. This is a job that you will resume 6 a.m. and you will close by 12 p.m. in the midnight. Sometimes if there is no leftover for me to eat, I will open the doors being maybe the one that they put inside the doors when I was not there. I will go there to just look for something to eat. There was a there was a day I was I opened the doors when I saw a chicken there. I was like, you did not even come to like take this thing and eat. I was eating the chicken with bitterness, with crying on my face that even in my own country, they will never, never treat me like this. Soon enough, many come running, empty-handed, save for the memories of modern slavery in another man's country. Grateful to be back in the country. But not sure of what's next. My name is Zainab Sani, and I welcome you to Digging Deep, a human angle and investigative program on Agidigbo FM 88.7. On this week's episode of the program, we investigate how life has been for Lebanon migrants returnees in Ibadan, the Oyo state capital. For many returnees, gratitude is the word that captures their feelings on getting back to Nigeria. But months after repatriation and stuck in a pitiable economic condition, they wonder again what the country has to offer them. It's a very, very terrible experience because it's something that I've never for once faced in my life. It's something that even to discuss with, with my parents is very, very difficult. I meet myself in a very terrible situation. In 2016, Nigeria made up the largest migrant populations entering Italy and Greece. Nigerians have also been identified as the largest cohort of migrants trapped in Libya in the protracted Mediterranean crisis. The International Organization for Migration, IOM, reported that between May 2017 and January 2018, more than 6,700 Nigerian migrants were returned home from Libya through the efforts of Nigerian and international agencies. It was hard to obtain data for Lebanon. But the Nigerian Diaspora Commission need come. 
and state governments continue to repatriate citizens from Lebanon every other month. Do you remember Peace Busari, who was offered for sale for $1,000 on Facebook in Lebanon and refused to return to Nigeria? The man I work for is a busy one, while his wife is also a teacher. My job is to take care of that triplet. During the time of COVID-19, my boss lamented he couldn't pay my salary anymore, and I told him I also could not keep working without payment. Then he promised to get me another place to work. Unknowingly to me, he has posted me on Facebook for sale at $1,000 for whoever needs house help, of which he got a response. That fateful morning, he just picked me that we were going out, but I was curious about it and began to ask questions about where we were going. I had to alight from the car and cross to the other side of the road, inquiring him to return me back to the office if my service is no longer needed. We dragged it for a while and he called the office where he was ordered to return me back. He was told that the matter is far-fetched and the Nigerian embassy is now involved because of his post and I requested for the lady in question. I explained myself to them and was told I will be returned to Nigeria. To my surprise, the office transferred me to somewhere else and I was threatened to not say anything. Fortunately for me, the embassy called to ask how I was faring. I had to say I was okay because of the threat to kill me if I tell them my location or say anything on the phone. Suddenly, I was taken again to work with another person who happens to be a nice woman whose husband resides in Nigeria. It was this woman that took me back to the embassy. This lady was commended for her good deeds. I was asked if I would like to return to Nigeria, but I pleaded to work for a year in order to have little money with me. I told them I have sent all my earnings to Nigeria to take care of my sick dad. Luckily, I was allowed to continue working there. Hmm. Apart from Peace Busari, 11 other returnees were interviewed. Eight from Ido, two from Onoara, one from Ibadan North, and one from Egbeda, each with a different story, but all pointing to one thing, a life of modern slavery in Lebanon. I have two children, so I have to work, and I'm the one taking care of them, so I was introduced to the work. So I went to the Lebanon, and later they told me that I'm going for the housemate. They told you from here? Yes. And you picked it up? But they didn't told me that it was hard work. Just to wash the place and take care of the family. Basic. But when I got there, ah, it was like hell. Washing the wall, everything. Working like, like someone. As, the work is very terrible. I work in seven places without collecting any money. So the other day I found out that I'm going there for a meet, so I accept. So in the night, I told them I want to call my family. He allowed me, I called him. The other day I called 
I told him I want to come. So he told me that I'm not going to be calling them, calling them every day. But I'm, I'll be calling them once in two weeks. And I accepted. I work from 7 to, to 12 sometimes. And if his family get together, I work from that 7 to 1 to 1 a.m. And I work for his, uh, for his sister also sometimes if they need me because his elder sister is having me also. So the one the sister, the other sister's mate left for this elder sister's daughter to work for them at Qatar. So I work for the both sisters sometimes when they need me. So after using spending one uh, one year and some months, he told me that he won't be able to afford the payments. Anymore? Yes. So I told him I want to leave also. So he tried to get me tickets, but all to nothing. All to nothing. So I told him he should take me to embassy. So I went to embassy. The embassy told me that I would buy me tickets. So I get down. I wasn't contented with the idea. So I go back and told him that I want to do evacuation. Down well, well um, we run, yes, I run out of the madam house. You run out? Yes, I run out because my agent beats me up. Why? Because um, I spent like three months in the office without taking me to work. I'm working for them for free. And I asked him to take me to the work or take me back to my country. And that very day, he beats me up. Actually, I have a mind of um, traveling out to go and study. So someone leaked me to my agent. The person is like a family friend. So because I told the person I want to travel to Canada to go to school of nursing. So I was told I could, I could not travel because I have Belgian passport then. So I have to go to like two or three countries before I could apply for Canada visa. Sure you understand. So that's how the person Talk, tell, spoke to my dad about Lebanon. Though when I was going to Lebanon, I was told that I'm going there for a lesson teacher. You understand? So when I get there, it was something else. I, I was told that I would work as an housemaid. I'm, I'm not feeling fine for some months. The issue I have with my madam is about my head. When I got there, due to the stress of the work, the work is too much. I work for like 19 hours per day. So like Lebanon. So from there, she took us to um, immigration office to do passport. So, although I'm not the only one, so she took me to immigration office to do passport. From there, I did passport. Within three months, my visa, my everything is ready. She told me I'm going to do housemaid. So to me, I was like, housemaid, it would be an easy job for me. Like just clean the house. But when I get to Lebanon, the housemaid work. I can't. I, I won't call it housemaid work. Just like a machine work, as if they employ a machine to be working. When I see this is an opportunity for me, for me personally, to be a benefit for me, because all my mind was like, when I get over there, it will be a better thing for me, which I don't know that. The work will be very so much stressful for me, because when I was there, my boss gave me an alarm. I wake up 6.30. I sleep. I always sleep like when the spirits lead. Sometimes one, sometimes two. It depends on how we have visitors in our house. That I'm going there for air styling. So on getting there, so I was, I just knew that I'm doing housemaid. I called my agent. I just noticed she blocked me. 
So nobody to speak to except my parents, and they don't have any power. They don't have anything to do. They were 39 with their children, everybody. And I was the only housemaid. Yeah, I was taking care of them, cleaned their rooms every blessed day. I would wash the wall. So when I get to Lebanon, I knew they used to wash their wall. I would climb ladder to wash the wall. Not cleaning, I would be using water to wash. And even the cleaning of their floor there, unlike Nigeria, we would just mop. You have to pour water and started wiping the water. I was the only one working with them. $200 per month. Monthly, at a point they told me their money is now cost, that they won't be able to pay 200 that they'll pay 150 Following their cries for help, some were repatriated free of charge by the Oyo state government. To take me to the Nigeria embassy. Okay. So it was then, I think, with the, Oyo, with the help of Oyo state government, so they bought my ticket and I came back home. Because when I told them I'm not working, that was July 25, they had to arrest me and lie that I beat the grandmother. So I met myself in their prison in Lebanon. So they collected everything I have then. So I met some Nigerian ladies there. So I didn't even know that that was prison. I told them they should took me, uh, take me back to my embassy. Unfortunately, when I get to the prison, they said my offense is that I beat the Grandma. grandmother. So I have to stay here. So I met some Nigeria guys there, some a year plus, they were there like that, in the prison. So we were just there. So there was a land phone there, so I have to call my parents. So when I call my parents, I have an uncle working in the secretariat, secretary, or just the secretariat. He was the one that went to Mrs. Polanle Sarumi, the Oyo State Diaspora, essay. So they have to pile up my documents to her, because there were, I met one pregnant lady inside that prison. They were already working on their own. So they have to include my own with them. It was Oyo State that took care of my bills, everything, coming back to Nigeria. The government at that time did not only vow to nip the menace of human trafficking in the board, but also promised that survivors will not be neglected. Sadly, on getting back to Oyo State, the lives of these returnees have continued to worsen. Um, I want government to help me financially, although um, financially with my studies, because I won't lie to you, there's no any support from me from my family, from my mom's side, from my dad's side, there's no any support from me. I'm just on my own. Because for me, coming back to Nigeria, it's, I say it blocks a lot of apps for me. Because some people believe that you traveled over there to make money. But for you coming back to Nigeria, what, what else are you now looking for? They won't believe you suffered. They won't believe you suffered at all. So for me to ask people, like, I need your be like, you traveled out, so what do you want? There was a time we go to Secretariat, we are asked to do a test, and they asked me to get some drugs. But because of money issue, I could not get the drugs. Drug abuse and migration expert, Dr. Ikenna Molobi, explains the need for proper reintegration. Pre and post-migration and trauma some of them when they now came back they you know I, with that trauma you have to really integrate the person back to the society it can be financial it can be psychosocial it, it can be combined but you need to access the the the, the 
migrants. Do you understand? Before you can really say that this person needs a psychosocial support or this person needs a socioeconomic or what we call financial support. Of course, you have to um, monitor it. You're not just setting up and giving them money. You give them money, you set up business for them, you monitor them to ensure that they start up the business. But before then, there must be a training, a training like a business and um, or vocational training or entrepreneurial training for them. Do you understand? So that they will be able to understand. Then, at the same time, because most of them have passed through terrible um, situations, most of them were trafficked, most of them, you know, they, there's a lot of things that happen to them if they tell their story. So before you can even implement any socio-economic reintegration. So some of them, you have to do what we call um, re-engineering mindset and also psychosocial training and support for them because they must be stable psychologically. The Shei Makinde-led administration expressed its readiness to reintegrate returnees from Lebanon back into the society. On August 1, 2020, Go Pocha, an online news platform, reported that the senior special assistant to Governor Shei Makinde on diaspora, Bolanli Sarimi Aliyu, promised that the present administration would ensure to empower, rehabilitate and reintegrate returnees who are indigents for them to become better citizens. But beyond repatriation and a one-time boot camp, the state government has left these returnees to their own devices. No, nothing. There is nothing. I, I chat, I chat, Madam, 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 um, Bolanle Sarumi. I narrate, I narrated my story to her. She had me to a group. Then I was, in, I was invited to sec, to secretariat. I, I was there. She asked me to fill the form. I did, and since then, nothing. There after, she said there was. Um, a should I say a seminar or a boot camp? They, they name it boot camp. That we should that we should try to attend the camp. That there will be the camp. They name the camp boot camp. It was it was Doctor Bosade Ogulano that lead that lead the the boot camp. Yeah. She was the one that attended to us. We went for three days camp. What was the nature of the training? Well, I couldn't say this is the nature of the training because I, I, could, I could say they, they, they give us an orientation for us to have a belief in ourselves, to know that there is a giant in us and all of that. And they said we should go for a skills. In anything you know that you can go, in anything you know that you have interest in. After that, you can that seminar, was there no monetary background to each of you that attended? No, nothing like that. I went, I, I, I even went for the training, like for the skill. I learned hairdressing and makeup. And after then, when, when I'm done, I called them, I'm done. But there is nothing to equip me, nothing, nothing, nothing. Even I need, I need some material for my training. I was given nothing. Nothing was given to me. Before you traveled. When interviewed, Honorable Sarumi describes them as ungraceful while noting that it is enough that the state government repatriated them back to the country. 
and she even went an extra mile, linking them up with an NGO for a training. It was just a mere orientation. So you can imagine, you can imagine those ones who complain, how ungrateful they are, because how can someone, an NGO that's funded, I'm sure she's funding it by herself, willingly, voluntarily, uh, uh, keep you somewhere in a camp for three days, feed you, then uh, give, give you lessons on business skills, etc. And then you now turn around and do this. I think you need to invite um, uh, uh, Mrs. Bosse. Bosse, uh, Bosse what's her name? Yes, I, I know as I have title. You need to invite her so that she can come and give you a detailed information of all the support you must have given those ones who are complaining. Do you understand me? I do. Uh -huh. And there's something you need to get right because it be, I, you know, I believe you're not getting this right. I am the senior special assistant to the executive governor of your state on diaspora matters. Meaning I repatriate if anyone is in trouble, I link up our diasporans to the ministries that they need to be linked up with. Not necessarily empowerment. Okay? Okay. So if, 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 if I on my own decide I want to have a needs assessment session with them so that I can be able to give their details to the Ministry of Women Affairs, that was an extra addition which I did not have to. But does the government truly have no obligation to these returnees and they are just an ungrateful bunch? Dr. Ikena answers. Government owes them something. If it's just training, you bring them back, you just organize training and after end. It's not, um, it's not enough because after the training and there is nothing like uh, monitoring and follow-up you understand it must not be financial you understand there can be you you, you can um, implement what we call mentorship organizing just training for example is only really enough to reintegrate a migrant returnee mr adebayo bolarinwa has been our link to these young women and sadly the responsibility of trying to help them get back on their feet is beginning to drain him because truly how much can one man do because when she came back the condition i met her wasn't okay then and louis too titular louis when i met her too because they were like my elder sister then i wasn't feel happy when i met both of them that is when i started trying to organize a program on how government can you have picked this up as an NGO. How, how has it been easy for you? It wasn't easy at all. It wasn't easy because I'm having debt on me now. At times I use money to buy little, little things for them. So, um, you know, all this online, I used to borrow money from them. I'm still owing them up to now. I haven't paid. Most of them have disturbed me more than 10 times. Why did you pick up the NGO? Mr. Bolanwa says he has reached out to the government and private individuals without getting any response. I've written a letter to so many honorable Edo, but or not, I've not seen anything from them. I've been to those who are 
would say okay. I didn't say anything from them. So what I want from government is to make sure that I empower them. Because I don't most of them the what they are facing is like they are in our seat. So I want government to assist them, to equip them. If they cannot really give them money, they should most of them they learn one or two things. Most of them they are NDOs that they want to further more. So if government or your state government can help them to so they'll be useful for this in Nigeria in future. So they will not be jobless. And they don't want to do Aristo. That's the reason why they are attending meetings. So they need help. Again, Dr. Ikena reiterates why governments must take charge of the reintegration of these returnees. You understand? So the government needs, it is their duty to make sure that these people are well rehabilitated so that you have a peaceful environment. When asked further questions by our correspondents, Sarumi Aliyu says the returnees have to submit a letter stating their case to the Ministry of Women Affairs and Poverty Alleviation, but does not give details on if they will be assisted. Oh, well, I have no information of that. You know, they are adults and they can do what they like with their mm -hmm. lives. So don't forget the point I have made to you. Mm -hmm. Whatever support they need, they need to go to the Ministry of Women Affairs and submit that there, even though they have their details there already. So I think you, you know, you, you, you need to continue your investigative journalism. Mm -hmm. The government has assisted them and brought them back home. The government has done what we can do for them. And the International Organization for Migration has assisted them. I don't know if it's all... These women desire only one thing, to get back on their feet. Now I'm a graphic designer and I'm also training at... I'm also doing photography training. So I want the university to help me to equip my... to help me with my... Work. Actually, I really I want to go back to school. That's the first thing. And we are into a business, bag making. I do so bag, traveling bag for ladies and men. You understand? So, if they could help me with something, you understand, to establish me with my business, I would really appreciate it. All I want is that I want to establish, and there is no money. If your state government can establish me. I know they will be proud of me because my work, I'm so perfect. Nobody's perfect though, but I'm good in what I'm doing. I think I just want the government to assist me, to empower me. I'm not saying they should give me cash. They can even get me a shop and buy goods there for me. The quest for greener pastures in the Middle East countries has left many Nigerian migrants, mostly females, worse off than they were before they left the country. Returning to their country to pick up the pieces of their lives should not cause even more damage. And that's how we have come to the end of this episode of Digging Deep on our Gidigbo FM 88.7. If you have any story or investigative tip for us, reach out on 0813-663-3938. This episode of Digging Deep was produced by Olawale Ogumbusola. It was written and packaged by Zainab Sani. The executive producer is Adebayo Yusuf Gray. I am Zainab Sani. <laughs>